What is up there guys, it is me Zeke the Geek here with a little bit of a warning before this episode of Throwback Thursday starts. Uh, this episode was recorded as a YouTube video, so if there's something that comes up, maybe like a sound clip or something, just know that this was a YouTube video before it became what you know as the podcast. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast, make sure you guys... Uh, make sure to uh, keep up with all the latest on the Zixitso channel. And don't forget, uh, Friday night, I'm going to be recording a new episode of the Zixitso show, which will go up on Saturday. So if you have any questions that you would like to be answered on the show, you just send them right on to my Instagram, Twitter, or wherever you want. Uh, it's really all up to you. Uh, going to be answering those questions on the Zeke Said So show tomorrow. Uh, well, technically Saturday when you guys will see it. But, you know, I'm going to be recording it on Friday. So, all right. I will talk to you guys later. And enjoy this episode of Throwback Thursday. The Lord of the Rings The Return of the King is the final chapter in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This has been a long time coming. I have been wanting to review this really ever since I started my YouTube channel. One of my big goals when I started my channel back in 2015 was I hope someday I get to review The Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Because Lord of the Rings Return of the King is my second favorite movie of all time. And in this movie we get those the movie starts with like a prologue of uh Smeagol's origin story and how he kind of got possessed by the ring and how he slowly slowly started transitioning into Gollum as we know him now. And the movie literally picks up seconds after the two towers ends. We are right in the Gandalf and the others are going to Isengard after it's been flooded by Treebeard and his little army, Merry and Pippin. Um, and then also we have Frodo and Sam as they continue their journey onto Mordor. Now, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I watched the extended cut of The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yes, it is a four hour long movie. I did the math. It is a four hour long movie and it's got a lot of things that are necessary to the plot and a lot of things that really aren't. Um, this scene that I'm about to talk about right now is necessary to the plot because it actually wraps up an arc of a certain character in this saga. And I'm talking, of course, about Saruman. Now, Saruman is uh, a character that has been very vital and very important in this trilogy. He is kind of Sauron's. Uh, Sar um, he's he's the he's <laughs> a white wizard who fell to be an apprentice of Sauron in a sense, to speak in uh, Star Wars terms, and he kind of has been this the reason why the events of the Two Towers kind of happened. He was like the main villain of that movie even though you know Sauron is the main villain of the whole trilogy uh Saruman was the central core villain of the two towers and his story kind of gets wrapped up at the beginning of this movie when he refuses to t uh tell Gandalf and the others what what Sauron's next move is and 
uh, you know, Warm Tongue kind of stabs him in the back. Legolas shoots Warm Tongue, and you know, uh, Saruman kind of falls off of the tower and impels himself. And it is a really violent scene, but it's also a really important scene. First of all, it tells you where what happened to Sauron, you know, Saruman, because in the theatrical cut, it just kind of feels like, nah, nah, he doesn't have any power anymore, let's just leave. And it's kind of like, wait, what did happen to Saruman? It kind of, it, it just kind of leaves you like that. <laughs> so it, it does, it feels a little bit weird, but you know what? I was able to forgive it for the theatrical release, but I'm glad it made it to the extended cut because it is a vital scene and I feel like it should have been in the uh, theatrical cut. Now, one character that goes through a very important change in this movie is Pippin. Now, Pippin has kind of been more of a comic relief character in the first two movies. That's was his per that was his purpose and there are moments where he kind of is but you know a, a lot of the comedy does lie with Gimli in this movie but um Pippin's arc he goes from being a bit of a child to actually maturing a lot in this you know he goes through a major change in this movie especially once he becomes a servant of the steward of Gondor not the king you know uh Denethor who is, by the way, the worst human being on the planet. He's a terrible person, and um, I am very glad that he ends up getting burned alive in this movie and uh, kind of falls off of the Minas Tirith, uh, uh, you know, cliff and kind of falls to his death um, because he's the worst human being on the planet, especially to Faramir. Um, because after Faramir's little city, Osgiliath, gets overrun by orcs, he kind of goes to his father and says, look, Osgiliath's overrun. I can't do anything about it. And his father literally says, you're going to go back out there. You're going to take it back because you're not my son. I don't like you. And basically comes back dead. But Pippin knows. I mean, he's not dead. <laughs> Pippin knows this. But Denethor is just being so stubborn that he just doesn't listen. But getting back to Frodo and Sam real quick. Uh, Frodo is a lot more broken in this movie. You can tell the weight of the ring is really uh, breaking Frodo down. So it's easier for him to be manipulated by Gollum. And... It really does break up Sam and Frodo. It really does ruin Sam and Frodo's um, friendship in the movie. Uh, there's even a scene where uh, Gollum tells Frodo that uh, uh, that he wants the ring, and there's a scene where um, he said, "Maybe I can take the weight off for a little bit. Give me the ring." And Frodo believes that he is starting to become deceptive. To, that Sam is starting to become a little bit um, attached to the ring and wants it for himself. And it's such a hard scene to watch because then Frodo just decides to tell Sam to leave and never come back. And it's such a heartbreaking scene when Sam literally just sits there and cries. It's a very heartbreaking scene. And um, it, it's just, it, and, th and that whole side mission is really where the, the heart of the Return of the King is. You know, I know the, the, the Return of the King is really Aragorn's story. That is his, it is his movie. It, when you really think about it, the heart of the story really comes from Frodo and Sam's journey and the ending of that arc. Um, as it kind of concludes there. Speaking of Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, they are set with a task to basically go out and get a whole new army because the armies of Rohan are being 
are coming together to to save Gondor because Gondor uh, Minas Tirith, which is the capital, uh, is basically um, about to be invaded by Sauron's army, um, and it's basically the 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 last. It, you know, along with Rohan, it's the last standing location of uh, the world of men. This battle is insane. The battle of Minas Tirith is absolutely insane. No, but we'll get to that in a second. But Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are basically tasked to get this army, get this ghost army. They're a bunch of uh, kind of rule breakers in a sense. And, they're, and, and he basically tells them that, look, if you come and help us save Minas Tirith, we will set you free and it's like and then they're like okay we'll take it and so they invade this ship which is another scene in the extended cut that was cut from the um original release but i and i don't understand why because it is a really good scene but it, you you know you also have to keep in mind this movie you know without the extended cut is three hours and 20 minutes long and i watched both versions by the way i, I did watch both versions um just so i can really compare the two but the battle of Minas Tirith is really just like it's a it's a huge long it's a huge it's basically the entire middle portion of the movie you know the first act kind of ends and then the second act is this huge elongated battle scene you know where Sauron's army is invading Minas Tirith because it is basically the last it is the home of Isild it's where um, Isildur's heir is supposed to take the throne. Sauron wants to basically destroy it all, and the and that battle is really just an hour and a half of just nonstop action and very fast pace. Um, really good character moments too throughout the battle, especially with uh, Eowyn, who um, basically takes out the Witch King of Angmar, and that scene is so cool just seeing her like she's not just she's not just some chick who's like i want to fight because i know i can fight no no, no. she's 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 pretty she's a skilled fighter on her own she really is because she takes out the the same freaking person that took out frodo in the fellowship of the ring i mean that that that's that's impressive but jumping back over here to the frodo and sam story uh gollum kind of leads frodo into shelob's lair where this giant spider is um trying to kill frodo um and gollum does this on purpose because he of course wants to kill the hobbits so that he can take the ring for himself then frodo gets stabbed and then Sam comes in and kind of saves the day and that scene where Samwise Gamgee just comes in and fights this spider, it's just the coolest scene in the movie and this is why Samwise Gamgee is one of my favorite characters in the Lord of the Rings series. And speaking of that, Sean Astin's performance, I think this guy is incredible. Now I know the Lord of the Rings is more of an ensemble movie um it really lies on the on the chemistry of the group but this movie you know even in fellowship uh there is like in fellowship i can't find a standout performance in that movie um two towers i can't find a standout performance in that movie but in return of the king there is a standout performance and it's sean astin as samwise gamgee and he's so good that you know, I kind of am a little disappointed that he didn't get a, a nomination because he's so good in this movie and he's really 
he's the reason why you you kind of get those man tears in the movie. Like you're watching the movie, and every time he's on screen, you're like, dude. Every time you give this speech, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. You're you're really cool, man. But then after the battle of Minas Tirith, Aragorn decides, let's call out Sauron's army and give Frodo a chance to throw the ring into Mount Doom. It will keep the eye fixed on us during that fight. And for a while, it does end up working. And, but there's this one scene that I wanna talk about, and again, it's in the extended cut, and it was cut for some reason, but it's a very vital scene. The mouth of Sauron, he's basically the spokesperson for Sauron, um, and he kinda uh, has his eyes and nose covered and so it's just like his mouth he you know it's just and he and he kind of has this really creepy smile <laughs> I love his voice too his voice is awesome he basically takes uh, Frodo's little uh, elf um, armor uh, dwarvish armor called Mithril and uh, throws it at Gandalf and basically tells Gandalf yeah Frodo died a horrible death but but then he hears Pippin and Merry kind of freak out about it and Gandalf tells both of them to shut up, basically. And it's a very sad moment. And Ian McKellen gives a great performance in that scene, too. Um, and then Aragorn basically decides to hear not enough and uses the sword that was basically fixed up, uh, Isildur's sword that he used to kill Sauron, basically uses that same sword to cut off the to decapitate the mouth of Sauron's head and then we have a final battle where Aragorn is standing with the army he gives this epic speech then he's standing uh, alongside the army and this is the reason why I compared the ending of Avengers Endgame to the ending of the Lord of the Rings because this moment is so cool Aragorn basically turns around he looks at Gandalf and he says for Frodo and he turns around and charges right into the battle and then everybody just starts running behind him charging in the battle but it's also kind of it's also a really fun moment it's a fun battle scene and I and I love this scene I love that whole fight and I love the scene where Frodo is in Mount Doom. He's about to drop the ring into the fire. Sam is telling him, you know, throw it in the fire, throw it. And then Frodo turns around and he says, the ring is mine. And he puts the ring on and Sauron kind of turns his head and looks toward, and then Gollum goes over there and he bites Frodo's finger. A lot of people, like that's a very gruesome scene. And I'm surprised that he did not die from an enormous amount of blood loss. But no, of course it can't end like that. And so uh, Smeagol basically falls into the fire with the ring and the ring is destroyed. Um, they, Frodo and Sam reunite with Merry Pippin and the rest of the Fellowship. And then we get into the next scene, which is my favorite moment in the entire movie. And that is my friends you bow to no one. That scene is easily the best part of the entire movie. And to me, it is um, a standout moment in all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, in all of, really, the Middle Earth, the entire Middle Earth saga as a whole. You know, Hobbit films and Lord of the Rings films included. This is by far my favorite moment. Where Aragorn has been crowned king. Everyone's bowing to him. Everyone's kind of saying, yes, the king is back. But he realizes, no. You guys are mistaken. You guys think I saved Middle Earth. It was these guys. And honestly, he's kind of it's kind of right, you know. I mean, I don't think anyone would be at Aragorn's coronation had Frodo not 
basic had had the ring not been destroyed but the hobbits returned the shot to the shire it's all nice and clean the way they left it and uh frodo kind of has this thought like how do you return to a normal life after months of being on adventures how do you go back to living a normal life you can't bilbo gets an honor with the elves he's basically he's basically going to the elves holy land basically the heaven of middle earth and then it's revealed Frodo is also going with them and it's such a sad sad moment Frodo gives Sam the book that he wrote the stories in and Frodo leaves and that is the ending of the movie basically but overall guys the Lord of the Rings Return of the King is a masterpiece of epic fantasy films um, and I it is not only my favorite film in the Lord of the Rings saga, it's also my second favorite movie of all time. You know, and it's a movie that very much influenced me. Peter Jackson uh, and his direction of these three movies really inspired me as a kid and really made me want to um, make movies like this. You know, I've, I even wrote my own series that kind of had a beginning, middle, and end. Um, and it, and you know, it was really, and it's really because of Lord of the Rings Return of the King that I really have to thank because, um, the, those three movies and the books too really sparked, uh, my imagination, uh, and really, uh, gave me, um, the feeling that, um, that I want to give eventually when I become a filmmaker. I'm going to give the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King, a 10 out of 10. Well guys, that will do it for this review. Thank you so much for watching. I'm gonna be very, very busy doing stuff outside of YouTube. So you might feel a little bit of drags between my channel. I'm gonna continue doing Throwback Thursdays. I just gotta pick the right one to do. And also, this weekend, I'm recording a new episode of the Zeke Said So podcast. So please send in your questions uh, through my Instagram account. I'm going to be posting a new story on my Instagram account. If you want to send in questions, please go ahead and do that uh, in Instagram. I'll put a link to my Instagram down below. Thank you so much for watching, guys. And if you guys like the video, please put a thumbs up and subscribe. I think I should come on because Zeke the Geek said so. I'll see you later. Peace out.